Good morning. It is good morning. It is good to be back with you in the sanctuary. I know so many are excited to be here and to be worshiping together. Uh, today, um, as we sort of begin a new time uh, in this place, let's pray with expectation. Let's pray together that God would speak to each of us, that he would help us hear his voice, uh, that he would direct our steps and lead us forward together. Let's pray. Father, you uh, speak through your word so powerfully. You encourage your people always. You remind us of truth, truth about who you are. Thank you that you are the God who calls, who rescues uh, in times of trouble. Thank you that you are the God who leads us into green pastures. Thank you that you are the God who makes all things new. Speak to your people today. Help us hear your voice and help us follow you. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. That was a, a nice prayer, I thought. You know, God lead us and care for us. Green pastures as we hit summertime. It calls to, you know, that the idea of, of uh, the Lord is my shepherd, David's famous psalm, right? It's a nice prayer. It's kind of a dangerous prayer. You know what I'm talking about, right? Dangerous prayers. Do, do you pray dangerous prayers? You know what I'm saying. They sound nice. But when we think about what they mean, they could be a little scary. Increase my faith. You know what you're asking God to do, right? Put you in situations that are so far beyond what you can handle that you've got to trust God because there's no way you can fix it. Oh, increase my faith. It sounds nice. But what does it mean? When we say, Lord, <clears throat> would you help me be more patient? A anybody praying that prayer? Lord, just, I just need a little more patience. But when you think about it, what does that mean? Give me more situations that I have to be patient about so that I can become, right? Be more patient. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a secret. My wife is one of the hardest working people I know. I mean, she works all the time. There was one morning uh, this past year that, I don't know why, but we both woke up very early, 4.30 in the morning, and we were both awake. And I was like, oh, let's roll over and go back to sleep. And she's like, but we could get more work done. I thought, this is not good. Well, she used to pray, Lord, give me more than I can handle so I can learn to depend on you. I thought, no, 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 don't pray those prayers. Those are dangerous prayers. Lord, give us a new challenge. Lord, show me more of you. When we go to those places, we realize that that calls us into um, a moment when the Lord is going to maybe mess up our world a bit. That the Lord is going to stretch us and put us into situations where we have to reach out to him. Those are dangerous prayers. Well, when we turn to the model prayer, 
that the Lord gave us that we read very often weekly here um, and we say and pray together here in Matthew 6 it says this this then is how you should pray our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven you realize that's a bit of a dangerous prayer even right there Lord, not my will, but your will be done. The last person who I know prayed that for sure was going to the cross. Let's go on. So give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And then in verse 13, this is our focus for the day. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, This is not the version we typically have shared together on Sunday mornings. Uh, This is actually from the NIV translation. And what the differences hinge on is actually a Greek word, uh, uh, perirosmos. It's been a while since I've seen this one, and this one's one of those words I'm like, I think I know how to pronounce it, but I really should have Google checked it. Um, Periosmos, which just means a testing or a trial, it really very much could be that testing that leads us into a place where we are tempted to do something that is wrong or counter to what God has. But it can also just mean those trials, those, those things that, that are difficult for us to get through that make us stronger. So it can be having both a positive and a negative context. Here is certainly negative, but let's think of it as a moment for as a temptation. When he says, lead us not, because that's really the more familiar translation. Let's lead us not into temptation. What does that mean? How could Christians understand God and God's relationship to temptation? Well, I think we, honestly, are tempted to misinterpret that verse. Lead us not into temptation. As if we thought that perhaps God would actually lead us into temptation. That is not true. The scripture is actually very clear. God never leads us towards sin. He never leads us into temptation. It says in James uh, chapter 1, verse 13, When tempted, no one should say that God is tempting me, for God uh, cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. I was given a book not too long ago. Uh, well, okay, it's about a year or so ago. But it basically argued the fact that God will lead people into temptation and even into some kind of time where they're enslaved by sin so that they could realize just how great God's mercy is. That is utterly false. I mean, completely contrary to God's word. God is not tempted by evil, nor does he lead or tempt us or pull us into a time of temptation. That does not come from God. But instead, the scripture is clear that, well, temptations are actually always a part of our life because our flesh and our own desires are always there. Look at James chapter 1. He continues in that same verse, same passage. But each one is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. I work a lot with young people. I I, I do. And those ones that are so passionate for the Lord, one of the things that they really struggle that causes so much doubt in their life is the fact that they are constantly tempted. That there are times when they're... Well, just like uh, Josh led us in song, 
My whole life I lay at your feet. I humble, I bow down, giving everything to you. I love young people because they're so passionate for knowing God and following Him. And it makes me want to say, oh yeah, I need that too. I want more fire like that in my life. My whole life is yours. I want to be yours. But then, you know, an hour or a day or a week later... Temptations come, their own fleshly desires come, their own weaknesses, they, they break down in anger or they break down in pride or they break down, right? Those of us that have been, you know, it's not our first rodeo. We've been walking with the Lord. We come to this realization that our fleshly desires are there. They're always there. The Apostle Paul talks about it being a war inside each of us. In the book of Galatians in chapter 5, we're going to be looking at this in, 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 down the road. But this life in the Spirit, how there's a constant battle between our desire to know God and our own flesh and our own sinful natures and desires. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7 speaks about this war and he says, I don't understand myself. I think my wife doesn't understand me either, but I don't understand myself. I don't do what I want to do, he says. The things I hate, the sin, the wrong, the rebellion against God, these things I keep on doing. And what I want to do, that glorifying God, that loving God, this I struggle to always do. Romans chapter 7. So thanks be to God who will save me from this body of death. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. There will be a day when my fleshly desires will be stripped away. Where I will be with him forever. But right now, we need to realize temptation is not going away. God didn't lead us there. It's our own fleshly desires that bring us into those spots of temptation. And so here's something we need to pray and pray daily. Lord, we need your help. God, we need your help. Look at what it says in Psalm 40. For trouble without numbers have surrounded me. My sins have overtaken me, and I can't see. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my heart fails within me. So be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. The psalmist realizes he can't do it on his own. He needs, he needs the Lord to be with him, to help him in times of temptation, in those times that pull. Listen, one of the things I'm very thankful for, I've still got a whole full head of hair. Some of you guys don't. And so you, maybe you don't resonate with this verse. Boy, my, my troubles are more than the hairs of my head. Okay, hairs of my head. Maybe not yours. Hairs of my head. We can, we can say that. You know what that is like. You know that these battles have come, whether it's this year because of all the things we've been through as a nation, whether it's this year through the difficulties of COVID, or whether it's just been here because of your own, pick a sin, pride, arrogance, greed, self-sufficiency, lust. We all have these things that we're constantly coming and being tempting in our lives. Lord, help me. God, help help me. We need to think of it this way. When we pray these prayers, what we're asking the Lord to do is to remove temptation from us. Remove temptation from us. Because we know that our flesh is always pulling and we know that the, the world is constantly bombarding us uh, with ideas. We know that even those who are our friends are sometimes pulling us towards things, inviting us to things. We need the Lord to remove temptation. You see the picture of the girl with the cookie jar? 
Yeah. Sometimes we just need to put things a little bit farther out of the way. I was teaching uh, Sunday school with the little kids at my church. And I mean, these are the real little ones. You know, the preschoolers, the four and five, they're super cute. And some of the college students were helping me that day. Uh, and these two young men were acting out a little bio, a little story, a little skit. And the skit was the parent told the child not to touch something on the stove. And the child went and touched something on the stove. And I had this precious little sweet four-year-old walk up to me afterwards. And she came up and she's like... My mom told me not to touch the macaroni and cheese. And I did. <laughs> and she, I mean, I was like, honey, that's called conviction. We need to repent right now if you're saying, get down. Okay, I didn't explain it, conviction. But he, I was so sweet to see this young child experience conviction in her life. Like, oh, that was me. I did that. As parents, we know that sometimes we just need to help our children by removing temptation out of the way, right? We need to put the cookies on the top shelf. We need to just kind of put some things out of, out of view. My wife, even yesterday, we were actually at a restaurant. We haven't done that in quite a while. Uh, we were at a restaurant together, and she was like, we need to move your soda over here. Now, that's, she's not meaning that I don't need to drink soda. I don't need to drink soda. That's probably true, too. But what she was meaning was the last time we were at that restaurant, probably over a year ago, <clears throat> I had elbowed the thing and knocked it over and spilled it on her. And so she was wanting it to be a little bit more out of that possibility. Okay. We all need God's help. Lord, be my hedge. Be my shield. Be my defender. Lord, you know I am weak. God, keep me from temptation. That is not a wrong prayer. In fact, Jesus right here was modeling, Lord, lead us not into temptation. Help us. Deliver us from evil and from those times. So as we walk together as a church, would you pray with me? Lord, lead us not into temptation. We've got one today. Did you know we have one today as a church? It's the sanctuary. I, I, I love being in here. You all do too. We're all we're enjoying just it's just the atmosphere. It, it helps us remind us of the glory of God. But the temptation is to trade a place for His presence. The temptation is to trade, oh, this is familiar, this is good, this is what I enjoy, for the actual presence of the living God in our lives. Because it doesn't matter whether we're in a sanctuary, we're in a gymnasium, we're standing outside in the middle of a rainstorm. The Lord is the Lord, and He deserves all of our worship. I'm with you. I'm glad we're in here. But we need to always guard because our flesh is always there, wanting us to trade the familiar the comfortable, the enjoyable, for God's actual presence in our lives. Would you be open to the conviction of the Holy Spirit? What are those temptations? Lord, lead us not into temptation as your people. We need your help. But let's also think about this as trials. As trials. Uh, in we, we look at Matthew 6, 30, 13. Um, if we read it in the NRSV, it says this. And do not bring us into the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. Do not bring us into the time of trial. Now, that's seeing it not just as a temptation into sin, but as, as a trial or a difficulty that certainly could lead to sin. 
The New Testament actually wants us to understand trials a little bit differently than just temptations. The first is that we need to understand that throughout the New Testament, we're actually told to rejoice because God uses trials to refine us. God uses trials to refine us. Look again at James. That same passage that told us that God does not tempt us with evil because he cannot be tempted with evil. In the same passage, uh, James tells us this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you might become mature and complete not lacking anything. This is consistent. In the book of Romans, chapter 5, Paul says the same thing. It, 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 he talks about having joy. We rejoice not only in, our, in the glory that we have, but we rejoice in our suffering because suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character hope. We see the same thing in 1 Peter when Peter talks about it's like a refining, this, this precious faith of yours, though tested and refined, of greater worth than gold that, that, that uh, perishes even though refined by fire, by produce glory and honor for Jesus Christ when he returns. The idea is that trials are the things that work out in us uh, that transformation of character. I told you guys that I don't like conflict. I told you guys that I, I, I actually haven't told you this. I don't like difficulties. I just like it easy. I really do. I mean, I designed my entire courses where I could just do them all by Scantron. You know, just, I don't even have to go like grade or give feedback. It was like, I do, it didn't work out very well for me. But I tried to do that because I just, I like the, I just wanted the nice, easy path. The easy path is not always the right path. And in fact, in this fallen world, it's the impossible path. There are way too many difficulties out there. We've all lived it. We've all experienced it. And we need to realize as Christians that God uses all things together, uh, that God works them out for our good, our transformation. But just as we realize that God uses trials and difficulties to refine us, to teach us, to transform our character, we also need to know that Jesus did teach us Lord, lead us not into the time of trial. We can pray, God, spare us. Look at what it says uh, in uh, Matthew 24. As Jesus is speaking about the end times and the difficulty times, it says, Pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the Sabbath, for there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. Okay. When it comes to those end times moments, Jesus is saying, pray. Pray that God would kind of spare you from some extra difficulties, from it being even harder than it already is. Now, some of you, uh, well, I'll tell you, last spring I was teaching New Testament. And all of a sudden, you know, COVID hit and there were the murder hornets that just can't come to the, to the country. There was uh, locust swarms and uh, fires were burning all of the West Coast. Do you guys remember what last, last spring was like? It was just disaster after disaster. Well, some of the students began to like, uh, Dr. McQuitty, is this the end time? Remember, this is not a this is non-Christian students, but they're like, are these the end times? I was like... Hey, I know I'm ready. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I don't know if you're ready for the final exam, but you better be ready for the final exam. Okay. I, I, I just, you know, I'm just saying, I mean, you know, think what you will. Okay. We've all been praying, Lord, give us relief. In these times of trials, Jesus is saying that's actually an appropriate prayer. 
Yes, we are going to have enough difficulties to transform our character. We're going to have, those things are going to happen. But as we pray together, Lord, spare us from those times of trial. Those times where there's a special difficulties. Those times of especially difficult conflict. It's right for us to pray together, Lord, get us through, help us, spare us from those times of trial. But whatever we believe and whatever we're praying, we need to always have an incredible confidence. The third thing that we need to realize is that God, God will see us through. God will see us through. Psalm 910 is one of my favorite ones. It just says this. Those who know your name will trust in you. Because you, O Lord, have never forsaken those who seek your face. You heard that, right? Those who know your name, they will trust in you. Because you, O Lord, have never forsaken those who seek your face. I know that we're not supposed to add anything to Scripture. You do, that's just not, you don't do that. You don't like add your own thoughts. You don't add your, but here's one I'm really tempted to add a little bit, just a little bit. I want to add one more line. And he's not starting with you. You, O oh Lord, have never forsaken those who seek your face. And he's not starting with you. Sometimes we think, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. God got those people through those difficult days. Oh, all those stories we hear about in the Bible where God rescued and God redeemed. Oh, yeah. But how can God help in my situation? How is God going to get me through? I don't see how this is going to work out. And Lord, there's just no way. God always makes a way. He's the one who opens the door. He's the one who parts the Red Sea. He's the one that when Lazarus is in the grave for four days, and there's already a bad odor, just says, Lazarus, come out. Our Lord, our Savior, is the resurrection and the life. So even death is not death to him. He can make those who are dead alive. So when we just, all oh, the trials seem too much, we can pray, Lord, spare us from these times of trials. Lord, see us through. But we have got to have the confidence in Him that He will get us through. Well, just like there's a temptation, and there are many for our church body right now, so there are also trials. You know they're there. We've got a lot of disagreement. We can look around and say, look, we're socially distanced. That's not exactly always the good thing, right? And we wish that it was more would be here. And we're looking forward to days when the church would be alive again. That means new people. That means new challenges. That means new work. That means new disagreements. That means new difficulties. That means new trials. Lord, spare us from the really hard ones. Lord, transform our lives through them. Lord, get us through. Get us through. Get us through. In 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul says, Look, no temptation 
Same word here, trial. Has overcome you or overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So how are Christians supposed to respond to temptations or trials? How do we react to these days of trouble? Well, we do react in prayer. I love the challenge that we got today. Day four. Look, we only have to do ten days because we're starting with day four or 14. Um, But what if we were still? Lord, keep us from temptation. Lord, keep us in the trials. Lord, you fight for your people. We are going to be still and wait for you. Knowing God's plan, as it says in Romans chapter 8, and we know that in all things, God works together for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Conflicts, trials, temptations, God works all of those things together so we might look like Jesus. That we might be those that say with Jesus, your will be done, not mine. That we look like Jesus through the suffering we know that God will see us through. That he will redeem our life even from the grave. We are those who live the resurrected life. Now I need to say here at the end, there may be some of you, maybe you've been in church a long, long time, or maybe this is kind of new for you, but you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never said, Jesus, not my will, but yours. You've never said, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. You paid for those sins through your death, and you rose from the dead to give me new life. Today, if you've not put your faith and trust in Jesus, would you put your faith in him? Some of you, it's not been a time of praying, Lord, spare us from temptation. Lord, keep us from the time of trial. It's been more of the complaining. Ah! And we need to take that word and take that challenge. But for the next 10 days, the next 14 days, we're going to, instead of complaining, we're going to pray, God, get us through. God, spare us from the time of trial. And for some of us, We honestly have to embrace. Embrace the difficulty in our lives to say, Lord, I know you're using this for my good. I know you're using this for the good of those in my life. I know you're using this trial. I don't like how it is, but I know you're using it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your invitation. Your invitation to pray your invitation to be in your presence, your invitation to respond to your work in our lives. Thank you. God, lead us not into temptation. Spare us from the times of great trial. But keep our faith in you. Keep our trust in you. Transform our lives so they look like your son. We pray all of these things knowing that you hear us In the name of Jesus, amen.